and welcome to The Breakdown, your short, sweet, and digestible guide to public policy issues facing the country today. I'm your host, Brian Phillips, with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. For more information on today's topic and really just about any issue that you might read or tweet or post or hear about or talk about at the water cooler, uh, check us out online at texaspolicy.com. You'll find a lot of information there. Today, we're going to break down an issue related to border security known as Title 42. So what is Title 42? Well, that's why we have Rodney Scott here to help us with that. Rodney Scott is the former chief of the United States Border Patrol, serving from January 2020 to August of 2021, capping nearly three decades of service in the U.S. Border Patrol. Thank you for being with us today, uh, uh, Rodney. Hey, thank you for having me on today. I think uh, this is an important topic and uh, kind of a misunderstood topic, so... Well, let me, let me just first ask, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you, you, you know, you were in the, the Border Patrol for almost three decades. I mean, and, and capping it off, like I said, with your, you know, becoming the, the, the chief of the United States Border Patrol. Um, you know, why, why continue? You know, you retired from that in August of last year, but I feel like you are just as much in the fight as you ever have been. You're certainly all over media and, you know, Fox News and on the radio and, and doing just about anything you can do to get the message out. Why do you why do you still continue to you know, why do you think it's important to still have that drive to be in the fight uh, when you when, you know, you definitely could have capped off your career and gone and played golf for the rest of your time? Uh, In short, not to sound cheesy, but it's because it matters. Uh, Border security is national security. And we really need as a country to know who and what enters our home. Uh, I think uh, transparency needs to be added to this conversation, and the Biden administration really shut down all communications uh, from from a f- government employees, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, bottom line, I think it really matters, and this should matter to every American because they see it as a border issue, but it doesn't stay at the border. It goes to your town. Um, and I just want to make sure that people make educated decisions when they go to the polls. Well, that's great. And so the idea is then, of course, if you're working for the administration or you're working in government, uh, what you can and can't say outside, you know, in terms of explaining how things are working, fairly limited is what you're saying if you're actually working for the government? Yeah. So there's uh, no matter what the administration is, there's always a public affairs office and you kind of have to get things vetted. Um, But to be completely transparent under the Trump administration, uh, as the chief of the Border Patrol, I was asked, what are the, what do we need to tell America? And then I was told to basically just tell America what was going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't have political appointees like micromanaging the message, if you would. <laughs> uh, but the day the Biden, literally the day that uh, the Biden administration took over, the new chief of staff came in uh, and they locked down all communications and started trying to tell America that the border was secure and that we had everything under control. And it was not. It just wasn't the truth then, and it's surely not the truth now. Well, certainly being in Texas, I mean, we're, we're as close as anyone uh, to what's going on down there in those border communities. And I mean, you know, it's just day, you know, daily reporting uh, from there obviously shows that that, that that is not the case. So it's, 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 uh, it was interesting, at least surprising to see them even try and make that case. But let's get to, let's get to Title 42. Um, what is it exactly? I mean, it's a shorthand for, you know, part of, for, for a law or an executive order. Um, but what is it exactly? Um, and how is it work and how was it working under the Trump administration? Sure. So, so to clear up some clarification or some clarification, it's actual law. It's a, so the title, basically it's a, it's federal law. It's a provision in the law for health and human services, specifically for CDC center for disease, um, control. And what it does is basically it allows CDC to order U.S. customs officers or now customs and border protection officers 
to stop people from entering the country that pose a significant health threat. And in most cases, it's some type of a, a contagious disease or a virus uh, like COVID. Um, and that's exactly what it's always been on the books for. Uh, and that's exactly how it was used when first implemented under the last administration. It was not, contrary to popular opinion, implemented as an immigration tool. Uh, we had other uh, tools in place. We had the Remain in Mexico program, formerly named the Migrant Protection Protocols. We had asylum agreements. We were working with other countries. And we were, we were getting control of the immigration issues, the traditional uh, illegal issues through other means. But COVID was a real threat, and it still is. Uh, but really, in the border communities, it was a threat to the Border Patrol agents themselves, and it was a threat to all of the uh, limited medical capabilities along the border. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we were, we were getting briefed by CDC, uh, basically, we just showed them our facilities, showed them the processes uh, that we do at the border. Um, and then CDC is the one that basically said, this is just a Petri dish, if you will. People in confined spaces close together. Um, we need to leverage Title 42. So they wrote an, basically an order, but not from the president. It's from CDC uh, to Customs and Border Protection, U.S. Border Patrol as well, um, to, to stop people that came through countries with, a highly, with this highly contagious disease. Um, and it was working. So what does that really mean? So what it really means on the, on the ground in the field is you just tell people no. You basically turn them around and tell them to go back to Mexico immediately. Mm -hmm. We did still take fingerprints and a photograph just to document uh, the encounter, but the entire uh, process from putting hands on an individual that crossed illegally to getting them back into Mexico uh, at the height of COVID was under 90 minutes to include transport time and everything else. Um, and we never took them into a facility. The idea was to, to keep them in open air. We processed them out in the field um, and then sent them back to Mexico very, very quickly. There were exceptions. If someone made a, uh, a statement that they feared torture of going back to Mexico, we would we would pull them aside and make sure that their uh, their claim, if you will, was heard uh, by asylum officers and potentially even even a judge at some point. But that that was carved out. But that doesn't happen uh, very often. Right. So the vast majority were turned around quickly under immigration processing. For comparison. Uh, that takes about 90 minutes just to process the individual up to a full two hours, depending on the language. Uh, and that's not counting tr uh, transport and detention time. Um, so Title 42 was to keep the country safe and it is, still is to keep the country safe. It's not necessarily an immigration tool. And so the Biden administration, of course, this is where all the controversy is coming from, is that the Biden administration is considering lifting or eliminating or ending, however you want to say it, uh, Title 42. Um, what has changed? I mean, has anything changed since since it was you know used as an effective tool for limiting you know illegal immigration or legal migration or illegal migration into the to the uh, United States? Um, has anything changed that would justify eliminating that? And to be quite honest, that would be a medical assessment. But if you look at the totality of the circumstances, if you will, when Title Forty Two uh, was leveraged. Uh, it was a whole package. We also shut down the ports of entry. Uh, we were shutting down travel within the U.S. Everybody had all kinds of mask mandates. It's all about protecting the public. Um, mm -hmm. The difference between Title 42, though, and a lot of these other mechanisms is it has really nothing to do with the, the level of COVID in the U.S. right now. The entire medical assessment is supposed to be based on the countries that these individuals are coming through and the likelihood that they picked up or they're, they're carrying or spreading COVID. So from my understanding, the, the, uh, the COVID spread and the conditions in Mexico really haven't changed. They, the, the 
numbers have probably decreased, but these people are in very, very tight spaces. They don't socially distance. The hygiene is, is challenging when you're traveling through the desert and everything else. Um, but, but a lot has changed. But the biggest thing that's changed, and this is what people need to understand, we were controlling the border because we were systematically building out a border wall. We were installing technology. We had other programs like the migrant protection protocols that really reduced the fraudulent asylum claims. And we were working with other countries to create safe environments where multiple different countries could be a safe final destination through the cooperative agreements. Um, Biden shut all of those things down within like the first couple of days, if not the first week uh, that he was in office. So that has dramatically changed. And then many would argue that unlike the Trump administration, who used Title 42 specifically as intended to protect America from uh, health threats, the Biden administration really looks like it's looking at Title 42 like it's an immigration uh, issue. Um, and I think they got a lot of pressure from from inside to, to shut it down. So you again, mentioned a couple of times, I want to get into it. There were you know, two other specific reforms that were being executed during the um, the Trump administration, and that was the migrant protection protocols, but also asylum reform. Now, is Title 42 connected to asylum reform? And how, you know, what was the Trump administration's approach to asylum? Um, and how was Title 42 helping? Yeah, Title 42 is completely and totally separate. It's not about immigration asylum or anything. The reason that people make that claim is because under Title 42, the, the health threat is deemed so critical that we turn people around at the border and we don't ask them about their fears. They have to basically make a sudden utterance or they have to uh, affirmatively state that they fear being tortured um, if they go back into Mexico and not their home country, but actually going back into Mexico. And that's not normally what we hear at the border. So anything short of that, they're told, wait till the pandemic is over and then uh, we'll talk to you again. And that's why a lot of the, the critics say that it had something to do with asylum. It really and, didn't. It, it, it was all about health. And and then also the migrant protection protocols, that was, I, mean, I think, on you know, within the first week, the Biden administration had reversed um, all the good work that the Trump administration had done in, um, you know, alleviate, alleviating a lot of the, the pressure coming at the border with that program. Talk a little bit about how that was working and, and what's going on now. Sure. So the migrant protection protocols really just put due process back in the order that it should be for asylum, people claiming asylum. What I mean by that is they could not get let go into the United States or let into the United States to roam freely until after a judge had heard their case and made a uh, made a decision. Without the migrant protection protocols, the normal process was they claim uh, fear. An asylum officer looks at it and then basically lets them in the U.S. and they have a court hearing way, way down the road. Um, a lot of people are being coached on what to say to get past that very first uh, step of the process. And it was just it was uh, overwhelming us. Mm -hmm. So all it did literally is made sure that the due process is in place. Biden stepped in. He shut down that entire program um, immediately. Uh, obviously, there was a uh, Texas and Missouri sued for it to be reinstated. But the Biden administration is very dishonest, in my opinion. They did reinstate it, but they completely fundamentally changed the program. They lowered the bar uh, of what allows you to get you know, to, to be exempt out of the MPP. Um, and then they also lowered uh, the, the reviewing process. So they created all these caveats. For example, what does that mean practically? The other day, somebody was telling me that there were like 54 people 
that were actually finally met the criteria to be in, uh, in, in one day into MPP. When used to, there would have been several hundred, if not a couple thousand. But that's why when we're catching 7,000 people a day, uh, only 54 meet the criteria. It's, a, it's a, not the same program that it was before. So already we're seeing just a, a massive, I, mean, I was going to say massive uptick. It's not an uptick. I mean, it's a, a massive increase in the number of, of um, illegals who are coming over here and getting captured um, or, you know, the encounters at the border. Um, and with, with just the reversal of a couple of those reforms, now the Biden administration comes along and says, we're going to end Title 42. What would that do uh, in terms of the, uh, the amount of illegal immigration that's happening at the border? So it's going to result in a, in a significant increase in the flow. But more importantly than that, it's going to result in absolutely a complete and total destruction of any border security for the United States. So currently today, with Title 42 in place for small groups, because the Biden administration has been carving out uh, all these protected classes since they took over. First, it was the juveniles, and then it was uh, the LGBT community, and then they they keep carving out groups and bigger and bigger groups. So Title 42 is not being effectively used now, but it's still about half of the people are being processed in that very uh, streamlined process I told you about that they could be actually completely processed and back in Mexico within 90 minutes. As soon as that goes away and every single person has to be processed by immigration and it's going to take about two hours each minimum, you just do the math. That's about 7,000 people a day, the current numbers. We know through Intel that significantly more people are waiting to pour across. There's not going to be a single Border Patrol agent out on the border. They're going to all be stuck inside babysitting and processing. About 80% of them are in that status right now. Hardly Mm -hmm. any Border Patrol agents are patrolling the border. There aren't going to be any. So then the numbers are going to be irrelevant, but you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of miles of border that are wide open that the cartel can exploit. And that's the underpinning to all of this. The cartel controls all the crossings. They're picking when and where these people cross to make sure that they're keeping the Border Patrol resources consistently depleted. And then they're just pouring across through those gaps. If it wasn't for the Texas DPS, Texas National Guard stepping in, and and unfortunately, that's only Texas. It's not New Mexico, Arizona, or California. Um, the border would could be completely wide open right now. That's one of the things I wanted to highlight. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is really one of the things that that stands out about, uh, about some of your criticisms of the Biden administration is that all of this uh, essentially turns the border patrol uh, into something other than a security force, which is to you know, which is to repel the really bad guys who are you know a human tra- who are doing the human trafficking and of course all the drugs and fentanyl that are getting in. Um, you know what what kind of um, you know effect is that having on you know the men and women who you know signed up to keep the border secure, but instead are being you know are being shifted into some of these essentially administrative jobs and. And, and, aren't, and aren't actually doing the job of protecting the border. Yeah, it's really devastated the morale. And it's and it's easy to say that. I don't think people really understand what that means. But all the way through the leadership ranks, and that's another reason I'm staying very engaged speaking out. Um, I had a senior official call me last week. He just had enough. He, he was going to retire. Um, and I talked to him off the ledge that, hey, I know the job every day isn't what you signed up for right now, but the agents out there need to see leadership. They need to see leaders. And then when when the tide turns and, and Border Patrol can actually enforce the law again, we need experienced people out there. But that's what it's come down to. The, these agents and even senior leaders are like, this is, we're not doing anything. We're almost, we're facilitating the smuggling now instead of actually enforcing the law and protecting America. And they are having, 
a lot of problems dealing with that mentally. But then they go home and they, they see they have to tell their wife, this National Guard soldier from Texas drowned in the river. Turned out the people he was trying to save were drug smugglers. Mm-hmm. And then you have your families asking you, why are you risking your life for this if you're just going to let them all go? So that that's a big challenge. But I remind everybody the mission still matters. This country is critically important. It's worth fighting for. Um, and, and I encourage him to just, you know, press it out, press on and know that some of us are fighting for him from the and outside. The, the elephant in the room here, the big question that I'll end here with, um, and this has been great. Thank you so much for this, for all this information. I hope our audience really um, has learned a lot of uh, this, but I, I do want to ask about solutions. I mean, that's what we, we try to do at the Texas Public Policy Foundation is come up with, you know, obviously public policy solutions. Um, but what do you, I mean, in the next couple of years, I mean, obviously if there's a change in the administration uh, in 2024, um, you know, things might be different, but you know, what does Texas do? I mean, you mentioned the national guard, but, but what kind of options does, does Texas have? What kind of options do the, you know, the mayors and the folks, you know, in those border communities have, uh, in the remaining two years, if the Biden administration is just hell bent on ignoring or even exacerbating the border crisis. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up as well. That is a big part of what we do at TPPF, and that's what I've been involved in working uh, with the Texas DPS. I helped them do a review of their operation recently um, and and critiqued a couple of areas, uh, some information sharing, but also the policy. So I do believe that this has to be fixed at a national level, uh, but, but every state across the southwest border can step up to the plate and leverage their laws more, which is what Texas is really doing. Texas is not enforcing immigration law. They're enforcing Texas law to protect Texans. Another big piece of it is the the infrastructure. Uh, The border wall was a critical tool for for the United States Border Patrol. That's why we're building it out. It really makes every single agent out there more effective. It allows you to cover more areas so that they can't play the shell game. The the cartels can't play the shell game, move things around. So I applaud Texas's efforts there. Um, But it really is sad that now we're paying for all this twice because the border wall was already paid for by federal tax dollars. And the Biden administration just refuses to act on those contracts, but they can't legally shut them off because it was passed by law. And then now Texas uh, residents are having to pay for it again. Um, So I do also support the lawsuits from the states uh, to try to hold the federal government accountable. And we've been working with Ken Paxton and and the state of Texas and and the other border states as well. I was in New Mexico a couple weeks ago on efforts that they can take. Uh, But last but not least is just stuff like this. Keep it keep it up front and center. Let's keep talking about it because uh, some of the mainstream media and clearly this whole administration wants you to say, hey, nothing to see here. You know, go go look at another problem, Ukraine or one of the other countless problems they've created. But this this is huge. You know, if we can't pick if we can't figure out who and what is coming into our own home, our homeland, you have no national security. And it, that's how important it is. And I praise Texas's efforts to, to secure it for the whole country. Very well said. And, you know, we could, there's so much to this issue. We could do multiple uh, episodes on this, but thank you for, for breaking this issue down for us, this issue of Title 42 and, and what the Biden administration is doing on it. We really appreciate you being here again. It's Rodney Scott, former chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, now with TPPF and helping to secure our border. Thank you so much for being on uh, with us today, Rodney. Thank you. You have a great afternoon. And thank you all for listening today. Again, if you want to learn any more about our immigration, border security uh, policies, or just about any policy, please visit us at texaspolicy.com. Thank you for listening.